Why are there different accents in the regions of Vietnam? Why do Vietnamese have two wedding ceremonies? Why do Vietnamese have French words? Why is Vietnamese in Latin script? Why do Vietnamese ride motorbikes? You're listening to Why Do Vietnamese, a cultural podcast by Visar. Welcome to Why Do Vietnamese, Vietnamese cultural talks with Visar. Each episode, we pick a new topic of why do Vietnamese do this or that and share personal insights on the topics. We hope that through these podcasts, we can answer questions that you didn't even know that you had about Vietnamese culture. My name is Brian, president of VSR for 2021-2022, and join me for today is my fellow VSR member, Anna. Would you like to introduce yourself, Anna? Hello, my name is Anna. I am VSR's videographer and editor, and I am a second year media production student. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, thank you, everybody, for all your support in the past two episodes. Those ones were a bit of our kind of experimental, but now we are back. Hopefully, we have taken in our feedback and we are built off of that for our future episodes. And we hope that you'll enjoy our upcoming episodes as well. So, uh, thank you, everybody, for supporting us and your continued support. And we love to hear your feedback on all of our episodes. Now, as usual, we are going to start off our episode with our V music feature, Min Yu Nhao Tu Kip Nao by Yung Hoang Ying. So, this song actually was uh, an OST for a web drama on YouTube called I Chet Yo Tai. So, this was a web drama by Huen Lap on YouTube. Everybody can find it. Well, hopefully, we'll put the link in the description so you guys can check it out. I personally really like this web drama it's really good high quality it has english subtitles so not to worry about that and it also talks about the vietnamese side of spirituality on a different perspective really modern and it's like in high cinematography and i think it's great you should check it out and also special thanks to 17 production and anham to for giving us permission for using this song for our podcast and bringing it to our audiences overseas thank you so much 17 production so after hearing what this song is all about, Anna, what do you think our topic is for today? Ooh, is it spirituality? Yeah, it's definitely spiritually related. Oh my goodness, <laughs> what a good guess. I had no idea. <laughs> you're like, your sidekick. That's what it is. <laughs> that's why it's so spirituality. That's why I brought you here today, because you have the spiritual connection. Oh my goodness. I'm You're so honored. Yes. So today's topic is going to be why do Vietnamese burn paper money? So I'm sure everybody or most people have been to the Chinese supermarket and you've probably seen like these types of paper money. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see what I mean. Um, so it's like a whole bunch. This They call it Joss paper. Some people call it ghost money. Some people call it paper money. And Vietnamese is called Ye Ding Bang Ma. Um, or there's different variations of it on that side. Basically, it's a really large aspect of Vietnamese culture. So Anna, have you heard about this before? Have you partaken in it before? Or what do you know about this? Um, so actually, I've never like actually seen people burn it. I know that people do tend to burn it. But when I've gone to like different celebrations and things like that, I've seen people like throw it around or like, I don't know. I've never seen it burned, but I've seen it like thrown. Mm-hmm. Well, that's actually really interesting because... I'll explain where the reach, the origin of all of this actually came from. So a PhD from the University of Social Sciences and Humanities at the Vietnamese National University, uh, Linh Đức Tiếng, 
khoa lịch sử trường đại học khoa xã hội nhưng vâng so basically what he said I'm translating this in Vietnamese he said that the paper money was at first not actually intended for burning but rather to be buried hung or scattered around one's grave however later the act of burning the money was really popularized in royals rights like the royalties uh, also it spread to the commoners and then eventually became a really popular like cultural aspect and the tradition of actually physically burning this money was imported from china so once it was in vietnam the local belief of meaning however it is in the mortal world it is also like that in the other world or the underworld um, thus this world of joss items was born and it grew exponentially in the local culture and region of vietnam and in more recent years you can actually find a huge variety of crazy items that are joss items such as motorbikes, cars, suits, airplanes, smartphones, mansions, brand name stuff, you name it, it's there. Like, it used to be really simple, intricate, like gold ingots and just money, but now it's American dollars too. You can find them. Oh, are they trying to create like an equivalent in the afterlife to like our life? Yeah, that's basically the belief that is popularized in Vietnam where the other world or that spirits and ancestors live in is the same as this world so they still need the same items like money and clothing and food and things to live their life in the other world thus there's the belief that we should send it to them in the form of burning it so that the smoke is believed to reach the other world oh that's actually super interesting yeah I think it's actually quite symbolic and where you see a lot in funerals and if you're in Vietnam um it happens basically every single time they come or they like pray or offer anything there's always like a little bit like a little basket of like joss paper there so they tend to burn it after they finish with the gom part then they offer it on that side so this also branches off into this common belief of burning is just auspicious act of cleansing so it basically is considered the proper and like the legitimate way of disposing of any spiritual or kind of religious related items. So joss paper, any pictures of gods or spirits and deities, you have to burn it to cleanly and properly dispose it or else it's considered disrespectful. I mean, this one has created this misconception from a lot of people where they actually tend to burn a lot more because um, they believe that the more I burn, the more the people on the other side will receive. The more I burn, it's better. Uh, which is somewhat kind of wasteful to the environment. Um, which leads me to this question for you, Anna. Do you think that this belief, of course, we are respecting everybody's beliefs. We're not saying that it's incorrect. But in your personal opinion, Anna, do you think that, do you agree that it is like, too much or do you think that it's not fit for our modern world hmm i think it really depends like everything is great in moderation obviously um i know that there's people who are like burning a lot of items to send them to the afterlife and while i understand the intention and like oh it's respectful and it's good maybe it's just me because i'm like not that religious and i just think like if our ancestors are looking over us they just want us to be good people then it's really important to look at these things from an environmental perspective as well because i'm not an environmental expert or anything but i just think like anything that you do or anything that you burn or get rid of should be done in moderation 
and like in case you, it could be used for something else mm-hmm. i think that's a really good point actually a lot of um like on the buddhist side of things not so much local customs there is the belief where it's kind of just do it in moderation um because you're just doing it as a symbolic act like it's not yeah. physically like they're they're not actually receiving what you're burning it's not actually going to get to them it's just that act mm-hmm. that you are mem- like mem- having the memory of them and you're respecting them which is through this act yeah so it is a bit wasteful i think uh, if you're doing it in huge amounts because i know if you ever go to vietnam and you see like they do like buckets and like huge crates full yeah, of this that's the whole thing. and it's like stacks and stuff. but what what exactly are they burning is it clothing is it so it's a variation so it's like paper chest that are full of like these like this paper that's folded in like the shape of an ingot or like it has like shoes clothing and like sometimes they have paper mansions with like little paper servants all around the houses too oh and, that's actually super interesting yeah i know right <laughs> it's pretty common for the funeral rites actually uh on the 40 actually the 100th day after the death people tend to get the entire house thing the paper mansion and they burn it as an offering to their ancestors so it's actually um paper form of like it's that's what i mean by it's joss paper so they take joss paper and they put it into the format of like the shape of a shoe and the shape of clothing and the shape of that but regardless though you're still burning a lot of paper and that's still carbon emissions right that's the whole thing with this is that like I just really hope it's not too big of an industry to the point where it's contributing to a lot of deforestation to make all this paper just so it can get burned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think for it's been around for like hundreds, maybe thousands mm-hmm. of years, whatever. Um, but in recent years, it's become very industrialized. Like yeah. This is a huge economy. Like there's streets in Vietnam that are specific to selling these paper items. And it's a like huge and elaborate items. It could be like cars, uh, Gucci items and like LV purses and bags and like full on paper mansions oh and all these crazy things. And if you ever drive by it, it's actually really interesting to see like the creativity that they put. It's almost like craftsmanships that they oh, put into these. Like, so it's traditionally, like handmade items that are out of Joss Yeah, exactly. Oh traditionally, they were all handmade with bamboo frames and painted by hand. But in more recent years, that craftsmanship has started to die off, leaving with more print paper being, it's almost like 3D print paper where you're just assembling like a model yeah. and it's just like printed. Like it looks like a cereal box kind of like the shiny paper. And cardboard which kind of takes away from like the traditional feel of things yeah, but for sure i mean that's how you reach the demand that's increasing yeah supply and demand i can't imagine though being like here you go grandma lv nah like i <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that's such a weird concept to me there's so many jokes like you ever say like, those those hike it like the comedy they're just like oh you know go go he's like iPhone, iPad, and they're just like always like these fancy uh, like full things, and it's I don't know, it's it's interesting. It's a whole thing. But mm-hmm. so, do you think it's correct for? Oh, I guess you kind of already answered this, but do you think it's right for people to be using this as a sign to respect that? The more I burn, the more respect I'm showing, and the more lamtankin, the more genuine I am with these mm. things. Do you think that's something that should be counted for? So I disagree with that. I I know that in like in real life, you know, obviously the more you provide for the people you love, the more respectful or 
you know, but I think once they reach the afterlife, my belief personally is that material items are not going to matter, right? Like if my ancestors are looking after me, I would rather they see me becoming a good person and doing good for others rather than spending money on, you know, Joss paper items and burning them to go, well, in my belief, going nowhere, but that's just Mm -hmm. me. Yeah, well, actually, that kind of leads us into like a specific period that's upcoming. Uh, when this podcast is released, it might already be this period. If not, it could be really soon. Uh, so it's actually Ghost Month, the seventh lunar month, or Tang Bai Amlet. So during this period of time, uh, Buddhist and just Vietnamese locals believe that the spirits are let out from hell for this entire lunar month, and they're the most active on the 15th day of the lunar month, the full moon, also known as Le Bulang. And during this period of time, people often do not go after dark because it's considered that spirits are out and roaming the most in the dark and they might do bad things to you because there's vengeful spirits as, as well as there are good spirits as well. Vengeful spirits are the ones who are not taken care of, do not have people or, ance- or descendants that look after their altars, offer them food and ta gong nai do meaning that they become roaming spirits and they go off and creating trouble and chaos. Um, So during this period of time, people try to build on good merit so that they don't have to suffer in the afterlife too. Also known as um, So this one, they work on through acts of charity by giving out charity money, handing out rice, helping the elderly, the less fortunate, and also helping having these fundraisers it's a very common sight to be seen during this month where people release fish release uh captive animals to let them go back in nature which is very debatable right away because it's a whole industry where people are capturing them selling them to be released and then catching them back again that's exactly what i was Uh, gonna say which is uh i don't know there's this been this whole debate recently in vietnam whether or not it's a whole good thing or not i don't know but it's tradition so we want to share that with everybody that it is an aspect of tradition but it has taken a turn in our modern life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we hope that people will take respect with it and don't do those things. Uh, in addition to that, there's also the common act of having vegetarian diets. So people tend to eat. Buddhists like to eat vegetarian like on the full moon or on the new moon as a sign of respect and also like kind of to build on the good merit once again. So during this month, some people go vegetarian for the entire month and don't eat meat at all because they believe that the butterflies and these animals and everything are just spirits that are returning back for this one month so you shouldn't kill them um and also if you ever see moths like big moths during this month it's your ancestors don't hurt them oh (laughs) well um bad news ontarians (laughs) (gasps) well gypsy moth though that's a different thing but uh in vietnam there's the belief where they just butterflies and um Moths oh, in yeah, general. The belief for me is butterflies. But if you said moths, like there's so many moths outside right now. I think because in Vietnamese, like they consider both of them the same. Like gong boom is like could be yeah. a moth or like a butterfly. So either one, either or, if you see them during this month, try not to kill them or disturb them because they might be your ancestor coming to visit you. So leave them be, or they might be a wandering spirit and you don't want to get them angry because they might come after you. Anyways, <laughs> you, might, you might get haunted. <laughs> Yeah, just just you might get haunted. You know, it's all fine. It's okay. If your books start uh, flying, think about that butterfly you killed last week. Exactly. <laughs> so this origin of Lebu Lang, also known as the full moon of the seventh lunar month, 
uh, leads to a story, a Buddhist story called Mokging Ling So this starts off as one of Buddha's disciples originally saw his mother in hell and was unable to help her regardless of his power because this, this person had already reached a certain level of enlightenment. So he already had some power to him. Uh, he was a very kind person and always believed in building merit and helping to do good deeds. However, his mother was a bit on the opposite side of things, where she was a bit more on the greedy side and not the best person when she was alive. So, as a result, when she passed away, she was punished in hell by not being able to eat or drink at all and being burned in the flames of hell. Um, Mopking Ling saw this and felt really bad for his mother and wanted to do anything in his power to help her. So, using his powers, he brought a bowl of rice to his mother. However, the moment she reached for the rice, it burnt and disappeared in flames, and it couldn't reach his mom. He went back to the Buddha and asked, what can I do to help get her? And there wasn't much that they could do because that was just the price that you had to pay for being bad and doing these bad things and not being a good person in your life. Because it just adds up and when you die in Buddhist belief, you bring nothing with you except for your merits, your good deeds, as well as the bad deeds that you have done. And they follow you to your next life in your reincarnation. Which is why it's so important to build on and doing good deeds. So, however, during the full moon of the seventh lunar month, also known as Ram Tang Bai in Vietnamese, the souls were let out for this whole month to roam the mortal world and scavenge for food, which is why during this month, Buddhists and locals in Vietnam believe that these spirits are wandering spirits, also known as Go Home. So they Gum Go Home, meaning they offer to the wandering spirits, and they place it outside of their homes and they burn Joss paper and Joss money to offer to these wandering souls in hopes that they will bring them good luck by offering them these things. And one thing that's kind of interesting of this Gumko home aspect is at the end, you do one thing that you don't typically do in any other gom ritual or praying ritual is you sprinkle salt and rice. And do you know why this is, Anna? You sprinkle salt and rice? Yeah, do you know why? I have no idea, actually. So actually, it's really interesting. I actually recently found out through um, Hunlap's stories, Dream Market in Go Hunlap. So you guys should check that out too. <laughs> so after they finish with the gom and the rituals, they sprinkle rice to offer to the ghosts one last time on the ground, and the salt is to ward them off. So you give them one last offering, and then you send them off, as in don't leave them. Because if you don't, oh. they might enter your house. They might enter your house. Because you're doing right in front of your house, right? They might enter your house and they might create issues and cause problems to the house. Which is why it's so important that when the incense is still burning, you don't grab the food and everything. You don't touch it because the spirits are there. This is actually a lot more complicated than I thought it was. It is. Say I didn't (laughs) sprinkle the salt. Like a spirit could come into my house and... Well, there's a risk of it, yeah. And just be like, hey, you got apple juice? And I'll be like, no. You got got apple juice? Yeah, because you invite, when you go, you invite them to your house to eat, right? But you have to send them off. Like, you don't just bring them in and then just let them go in. Exactly. You know, you're here, you're good, welcome. You're no longer invited here anymore. Please go. Like, this is done. (laughs) The party's over, go home, right? Um, But it originates from this tradition of gum go home. So typically, the food that you gum go home, you don't bring back into your house. You let whoever is passerbys on the street, they take the food. Traditionally, it's supposed to be 
people who are less fortunate, whether it be like people who are beggars, homeless people, whatever like that, they walk by or they just need food. They go by, they take the food after the incense has finished burning. They come in and take the food and it's considered to be luck for them as well. And that's also building on your good mirror because you're giving food to charity, to people in need. But that, like with most traditions, has taken a turn as well. People have lost the meaning behind the significance of waiting for things to finish. There's videos out there if you search every single year during the Panko home, during the seventh lunar month, if you go on Vietnamese Facebook, you see videos of people waiting with plastic bags. People are fully well off. They're driving expensive motor cars. They're fully well off, holding plastic bags, waiting for the person. As soon as they open their doors, they bring the plate out. They didn't even get a finish praying yet, and everything is gone. Oh, my God. So they grab it, and they fight, and it's like full-on fist fights to fight for these things. And traditionally, you're not allowed to stop people from taking it because if you stop them, it's considered you're stopping the spirits from eating it. So the person, the owner of this thing, has no other choice than to just let them do whatever they that want. That actually bothers you... me so much. Yeah, it's it's very common. And then another practice of Gunggo Home is people like to, with small bills, money, like real money, yeah. they scatter them. Or it needs to be coins. So they would scatter them and the people would take them in the symbolic way where they're just kind of just giving, offering money. But once again, you can imagine, it looks like Black Friday, people fighting over things. Like they scatter them down and then you have people fist fighting and people build contraptions like nets. They build nets to catch the money. And it's like become this huge aspect of this whole month where people are just going and fighting for food and stealing these things. It's technically considered stealing because it's not even finished yet. It's still on the person's property. There's some videos if you see out there. People are bringing out, like, the roast pig. They didn't even put it on the table yet, and somebody's already grabbing it from them. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, I mean, that's how things are, and, um... That's how people are. Yeah, it's where tradition has taken a turn in the modern world. Mm -hmm. Where it's kind of of lost its touch. Yeah, there's a part of human nature where you like to do things to make you feel better about yourself as a person. And I feel like turning back to the whole like gung and all the joss paper and stuff like that, I feel like that's definitely part of it. But people are so quick to just like turn. You know what I mean? Like they'll do Mm -hmm. things to make themselves feel better. And then that like justifies their greedy actions or they think hey free stuff and they don't think about the people that actually need it exactly yeah and then nobody can get help at the end the people who really need it aren't able to get it sorry this might be a little bit off topic but you know what that reminds me of what reminds me of like thrift shopping kind of a little bit i'm gonna i'm not gonna go too much into this but i just feel like thrift shopping used to be a lot for like the less fortunate and now like all these depop girlies are like lining up as soon as they open and taking all the things and buying oversized stuff that doesn't fit them and then they like sell it for a profit yeah it's like almost the same thing it almost is yeah Yeah. where something good has taken a bad turn and it's lost its original touch (laughs) which is sad at some point to see tradition change like that but also you can't really control it because the world changes and that's just how it is But let's just hope that we can be respectful as we go. As long as we don't partake in it, we know that we're not doing anything wrong. We've done what we could, and we've controlled what we could. As with most things in lives, we just keep going. (laughs) Basically. So, 
to continue off of all this, um, that is this whole crazy situation on social media. If you see in the next couple of weeks, it will appear. Probably not this year because of the pandemic, but it typically shows up around this time of the year. So now, that pretty much answers the question of why do Vietnamese burn paper money? It's to wrap it up to answer the question before we go into our discussion. Um, it's just to offer to the ancestors. It's a way traditionally to offer money and items and these mortal items in the form of joss paper to their ancestors as a sign of respect to give it to them so that they can live in the other world in a luxurious life, even if they weren't able to in their mortal life. <clears throat> Which I think is quite meaningful at its essence, but it has taken some turn, but we recognize it. And that's how it is. <laughs> so now, building off of this, in your own personal perspective, kind of just with the whole world of spirituality and superstitions and just this whole aspect of culture being such a huge aspect of culture, actually, is there anything that you think would be really valuable that you want to personally preserve as a Canadian Vietnamese overseas for future generations? That's something that you think is really interesting and valuable to keep. Hmm. I I really like the idea of like when you go when you make offerings to your ancestors and I do like the idea of good merit um although now I understand there's a lot of like especially on social media people do things just to virtue signal or you know prove that they're good people whether to themselves or to other people but I think it's really good to try to keep that pure intention of just helping other people like whether it's public or private and you know build good merit that way i really like the idea that um like all these traditions are encouraging people to do good for others and i do want to keep it that way just like that pure intention as well as you know if you have a lot of ancestors make a lot of food put it on your banta and then if there's too much you can't eat it go give it to the less fortunate or yeah just i think sure. it's also a good excuse to bring the family together Typically. It really is, yeah. If you cook too much food, hey, <laughs> why not? <laughs> of course, um, we don't mean to paint this tradition in a negative light in any way. Uh, it might have seemed that we're looking at this at a really negative light where things have taken a negative turn. Um, we don't mean to do that if our viewers or our listeners have thought that. Um, mm -hmm. It's just our own take on these things. And it has taken a negative turn, but we believe that there is way for it to take positive. Of course, yeah. there's still good out there. It's just oftentimes it's overlooked. I love the traditions the themselves. I'm just not a fan of A, the industrialization, and B, every good thing has a few bad apples. And even if we did focus a little bit more on those in this episode, there's no intention to disrespect the traditions or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Well, I do think there are a lot of valuable things to keep on. And what you mentioned is also a really good one too. Having that building on the good merits and just also giving them a reason to get together, I think. Yeah. It's a nice way to see everybody. Of course, pandemic restrictions. Listen to your local municipality, yeah. get vaccinated, save Please. lives. <laughs> so are there any crazy superstitions that you have heard from your family your friends or your parents that they strongly believe in and think that you should believe in as well are there any 
Yes. So when you first pitched this episode to me, I told you that we absolutely have to talk about feng shui and superstitious home decor because my mom is so into that. She knows like so much more about it than I do. And, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll buy like a cute little mirror and I'll be like, hey mom, can I, can I put it up here? And she's like, no, it's across from your bed. <laughs> or I'll be like, hey mom, can I move my bed into the corner? And my mom is like, no, your feet are facing a door. It means that you have died. And I'll be like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of intense. It is intense. Yeah. It's like, you're this or you're dead. Like, because, okay, basically. Whoa. I can't explain to you the whole layout of my room because that would be way too complicated for a podcast. But basically the way that my room works is there's a bathroom door, a closet door, and then an entrance door. So basically my bed is positioned perfectly in the center of the room so that it faces a wall instead of the two doors on either side. So every time I want to move my bed like to a corner, there's no corner that I can move my bed to where my headboard isn't under a window, which apparently is bad. It's facing a door, which apparently is also bad. It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't move my furniture. Well, you know what, though? It's it's for your, your mom's peace of mind. <laughs> it is for her peace of mind. So actually, a little explanation on that. So I don't know if you've seen, uh, it's pretty different from funerals here in North America, but funerals in Asia, typically the coffin... It's a coffin, not a casket. Um, so they would do the funeral at home. That's how it's typically done in their, like the front area. And the head is facing inwards and the feet are headed straight out to the front door. So that's how the coffin lays. And when they leave, they lift up the coffin and they bow three times. The pallbearers do the three times bows and a final farewell to the house, the ancestors and everything when they leave. And the feet leave first, meaning... That's a position that you would only put a dead body in. You do not do that when you're sleeping. <laughs> uh, and also, like you mentioned, the mirror thing. What is that all about? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I heard it's like the, the good energy of like your... Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't actually know, but I think it's like the good energy or like your peaceful rest or just anything good will like bounce off the mirror and like go back the other way i'm not entirely sure you can correct me on that it's like a mix of that i think the whole yeah. mirror thing is actually related to the front of the house so if you go to vietnam you see a lot of houses they have like the the back y meaning the eight the eight sided circle thing with a mirror mm -hmm. and that like reflects negative energy from outside of their house yeah um but in terms of the mirror facing the the bed the reason why you don't do it is because it's believed that when you dream or you're sleeping your spirit leaves your body and mirrors or glass, windows, TV screens, anything of those reflective material are considered a portal to the other world. I remember now. My mom told me vaguely about that. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> Which is why you do not put it towards your bed. Because once again, if you're laying, it's like you're dead. So your spirit might get lost once it hits these mirrors. It might go to a different place and it will not be able to find its way back to your body. And you won't wake up. <gasps> And that's the belief why people are just like, no, 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 no. But did you know there's actually a bit of like, like real health side to this, like a psychological side, not spirituality side to it? The reason why you shouldn't put a mirror towards your bed? This is news to me because I love vintage mirrors and I have them all over my room. 
there's a reason why. So in like from a non-spirituality standpoint, if you put a mirror in front of your bed, you when you typically move at night, you don't realize it, but you do move at night. And the mirror, you're going to be seeing that reflection in the movement. It's going to wake you up and startle yourself. Which, if you have heart problems or anything like that, it could cause heart attacks or anything like that. But it also leads to a night of unrestful sleep because you're constantly being frightened by your own movement. Mm -hmm. Or it could be a reflection of light. Or it could just be the feeling that somebody's watching you because you're seeing yourself. You know, like that's a more like non-spiritual way to look at it. But personally, I don't sleep with anything facing my bed because I also feel like, oh my God, it kind of feels like, I, it feels eerie in some yeah. way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I had a mirror especially... across from my bed and I moved it. But now, like, I don't know if it's an issue because I have my vanity mirror and another mirror facing each other, which is apparently bad. So it's I It's also don't know. bad too. Oh, no. Because <laughs> now you're creating these portals between these two things which is why you shouldn't face these mirrors towards each other I don't know there's a whole this huge thing behind feng tui and like feng shui and like the reason why people place certain things because like the wet direction and the environment it's about creating harmony in the environment so you don't want to have so much negative energy so dark corners should always be well lit which is why you put lamps in corners you should the corner opposite to your door so if your door is here it's the opposite way that is considered your fortune corner you don't want to put garbage or clutter there because that's where all your fortune leads to which is why every single house you have a gap dialogue meaning the corner of your fortune and you want to put good things there like plants things that fit well and work well with the owner's age and like astrology sign kind of like that and the whole thing about mirrors too and glass it also if you don't know, during funerals that, like I mentioned, they're done at home in Vietnam, they had to cover all mirrors, windows, glass, and any sort of TV with a big red X, or they wrap it. Why? Same reason. The spirit is still roaming around. You don't want it to mistakenly go into a portal, which is why you put X's, big red X's on glass, windows, mirrors, or anything, so that the spirit doesn't mistakenly go. Which is an interesting, interesting. thing. Yeah. Yeah. About the whole architecture thing, you know... Have your parents ever complained walking into a house because the staircase leads straight to the front door? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> All your good fortune. Go out the door. Out the door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's so many things behind fortune and feng shui. Like, yeah. You can't, like you, there's a belief where you shouldn't have a house that you look at your front door. It's like a road is going into your house. You shouldn't do that because it's accidents and all negative energy rush inwards from the road and go into your house. I'm going to need a handbook for this. Like, I can't. That's why people like hire feng shui masters when they have businesses in Vietnam. It's like a common thing in in lots of business things in Asia where they they call feng tui. They look for the good direction to face their business that fits with their their age and their their sign. I don't think they offer those services here in Canada, but you bet when I'm moving out, I'm going to decorate my house. I'm going to invite my mama because she has so many opinions. <laughs> There's, there actually is those services here in North America. If you open you open your Vietnamese newspaper, Taobao, you go find your, your Fapsu and like your fortune teller people. Those who you're looking for, they will provide those services as well. Interesting. But I think it's also like a lot of interesting to see how going back to the whole bed thing 
another thing is that you need the head to be facing a wall. Mm. Um, and there's also the thing about the four floorboards. Their floorboards should be not par. Uh, they should be like in the opposite direction to your door, like in a T. Like the way that the lines of the floorboards are going, that way the fortune stays within the room. Because if the floorboards are facing straight out of the door, your fortune rushes outwards with the floorboards. I'm like I'm like trying to think in my head which way my floorboards go now. Like if you look down, like which way the lines are going, that's the direction I mean. I think I just have a demon, demon portal, portal bedroom. bedroom. But hey, I'm alive. <laughs> portal bedroom. There's also you shouldn't leave your toilet lid open. Because water is considered fortune, so if you open it, all the water and all the fortune is leaving. So you should always close your toilet lid and close your bathroom door to prevent the fortune from flowing out. My bathroom, my <laughs> <laughs> my toilet lid is literally open, and then you said my bathroom door should be closed, and it's open, and that's why I'm looking into it. <laughs> you know well, what? I'm gonna no. just take all of this with a grain of salt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, or I or I like multiple like... grains of salt, maybe a pinch. Some people are just they go overboard with it, and it's like when they buy a new house, it's like so crazy oh, the way yeah. they look they at go things. Oh yeah, they inspect the house. It's not even about like oh, is there like a roach infection or anything? Nah, it's like, like what direction is the north door facing? Like <laughs> when I go into a house, I don't look for cockroaches. I don't care about rats. I don't care about no hydro or water pressure. I want to know what direction the floorboards are facing. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine telling your real estate person, be like, I just have a question. What direction are the floorboards headed towards? I wonder how many, like, I wonder how many Canadian real estate agents have been really confused by <laughs> by all these feng shui requests. Okay, but that's why you get a um, an Asian real estate. Which is true. So yeah, that's pretty crazy. All of these superstitions on feng shui, you know, like be careful where you buy your houses and open your businesses now. And also, speaking of new houses, when you go and you gift people things, be careful too. Because do you know about these superstitions? The the housewarming gifts and stuff. Yeah. Um, I just know like don't give people an umbrella, don't give people a clock, don't give people certain types of flowers. I remember for my dad's 50th birthday, his friend gave him, like, a clock. And it's oh. always been a super ominous topic at our house because it's, like, believed that if someone gives you a clock, they're, like, waiting for you to die. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, watch your time. Watch your time. Watch your back. Your, but, your clock is ticking. Yeah, your clock is literally ticking. It's okay if you do, like, a watch, like, a small watch, Apple watch. You know, that's cool. Apple watch. Yeah, you that's get a cool. cool. one. Uh, but not a wall clock, like oh. the Muji cuckoo clocks. Mm-mm. No, those ones. Oh, I thought cannot. watches were bad too, because I remember um, my boyfriend was like, "What do you want for your anniversary? Like, let me get you a nice watch." And I was like, "No, Is that watches a threat? are okay. Okay, watches are okay. <laughs> they're considered uh, like just like a, a jewelry kind of thing." Okay. So don't gift watches, shoes, pairs, umbrellas, um, and just anything black. It's not mm. considered lucky. Because those the black colors are morning color. But I love uh, black. I know it's really modern, right? Yeah. Uh, no shoes because the shoes consider the person is walking away from you. So if you ever want to break up with anybody subtly, give them a pair of shoes. Just I like, love shoes though. If you buy me shoes, you <laughs> love me. 
<laughs> it's a belief that they're walking away from you. So oh don't gift God. anybody shoes if you love them. Wait, but my boyfriend is literally a sneaker person. Oh. <laughs> Do I have news for you? <laughs> I would like you to go away. Walk yourself out the door. <laughs> Sprinkle some rice and salt. The door is that way. Follow the floorboards. There's the door. <laughs> well, everybody, I hope that you take away this from this message. Don't gift shoes. Don't touch rental offerings outside. And be respectful and hope to build good merits. This brings us to the end of our third episode of Why Do Vietnamese, a Vietnamese podcast with Visar. And our topic today was Why Do Vietnamese Burn Paper Money? I hope you guys enjoyed it. And please let us know if you do have any suggestions in the future episodes of Why Do Vietnamese Do This? Why do they do that? Let us know. But you can either reach us at our Instagram at VSA Ryerson or email VSAR at Ryerson.ca or you can comment down below on our YouTube channel. Um, and Anna, do you have any closing remarks to share with our viewers and listeners? Um, yeah, I just hope that everyone really enjoyed and found it either entertaining or informational or both. And Brian, I have a present as a thank you for having me. Really? It is, is a it? black clock for your wall with a shoe on it. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody is asking for a fight. Um, <laughs> uh, we are good people. We do not cause fights because we build on our merits. Yes. Um, uh, so thank you so much, everybody, for joining us and staying to the end of our third episode in our podcast. We hope to see you again in our future episodes. And remember, don't, don't mess with people. Be nice with people. Spread love, not hate. Get your vaccine, save lives, get vaccinated. That is your mission. You are building merit. Wear your mask, get vaccinated. Don't steal food that is meant for the less fortunate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, donate to, to a good cause. Um, and hopefully next time we're seeing you, we are in a studio because enough people have gotten vaccinated. So get vaccinated, save lives, and help, yes. a, help us make a better production. And thank you. That brings us to the end of our episode. Remember to stay curious and ask, why do Vietnamese? See you next time. <laughs> You're listening to Why Do Vietnamese, a cultural podcast by Visar.